2: We are back, and we are glad you're with us. If you're listening in Florence, Alabama, Huntsville, Muscle Shoals, Fox Sports Shoals, Fox Sports Knoxville, we say hello. And if you're watching on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitter, wherever it might be, welcome to the Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Live from the 6th and Peabody Studios in downtown Nashville. You ask where that is. Paul, where is 6th and Peabody located? It's
0: at 6th and Peabody. Music City Center is right there. Titan's Mural is right there.
2: Right across the it's street a good from mural. us. It's, it's a very, very good, good mural. Yes, very and good mural. Uh, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine oh, right, there. right there. Like, right here at the venue at 6th and Peabody. Got a little
3: soft drink also, in front of me also right now. I'll show right the right camera. Here. I'll tell you about it. It's also White Duck Taco Shop. Nice. We got, so got a new, some excellent uh, food here. I, may I recommend the Pork Belly Taco? You may. Which I cannot get away from.
0: David Reed did us a great service. He got us a garbage can and a fly swatter. But earlier... When he went to swat a fly on our glass door right here, he swatted it good, except it was on the other side of the door. <laughs>
3: it did frighten the fly enough, though, to fly away. So at least that it was thinking about entering our in. studio, and it flew away because of David Reed's force. I got a little
0: one right here that I think would go right through the things of that fly swatter.
2: Fanduel.com slash OK360 is the website. We've got the Outkick 360 parlay coming up in a few minutes. It's a winner. It's a winner. And it's, we're going to the NFL uh, tonight for Thursday Night Football. Uh, but speaking of NFL, 30 to 1 odds on either side of the upcoming Chiefs-Ravens game. It's a straight money line bet. The max bonus, $150. You bet $5, you win $150 with FanDuel.com slash OK360. You deposit $10. This has got to be your first bet, by the way, with FanDuel. Deposit $10, uh, you bet 5 to win 150 this game, Sunday night, this Sunday, 720 Central, 820 Eastern, Ravens, Chiefs, and FanDuel.com with the best odds boost, $5 to win 150 on a straight money line bet. You get 3000 on either team.
3: I mean, how are you not taking advantage of this? If you're not already signed up at FanDuel, which you should be, you got to get on board for that off. FanDuel.com slash okay, get on 360
0: Two new uh, developments on Titans injury report, a couple new. Bud okay. Dupree was up to limited participation, but John Glennon reported he left pretty quickly after things started. David Long went from limited to did not participate with his hamstring. Caleb Farley with his shoulder went from full participation to did not participate. Titans first round draft pick who played snaps at the end of the game in cleanup work and played special teams did not participate in practice today
2: i was going to bring up later in the show um and now's a great time i was going to say they need to play him and play him a lot this week because they need his length and athleticism in that secondary well a
0: wrench in that plan
2: yeah uh now they'll go with uh you know some some slower options to say the least, uh, as, the, as the backups there. Breon Borders comes to mind. Good backup That's corner. not fast. Good backup corner, not fast. Not something you want trying to defend DK Metcalf uh, or uh, any of the options, quite frankly. Well,
0: let this be a relief to you. Uh, Janoris Jenkins today, Jack Rabbit, said uh, he's got the shoot thing sorted out and he'll be going out earlier to get it sorted out. He's playing on turf this weekend, right? Oh, so I should mention
2: for Titan Seahawks, everything's lining up for the Seahawks here, which makes me think Titans if you're going to FanDuel.com. But another, another reason why you, know, you bet with your head here is Seattle is hosting their first home game with fans in nearly 18 months.
0: Pre-game, Plus eight, game and pre-game eight games in three
2: years. So the final 25 minutes of pregame, McLemore has an on-field concert. In Seattle, right before kickoff. Well, I enjoy that. So I don't know what's going on at halftime or post game, but Macklemore's playing pre-game for 20 minutes after the warm-ups are complete on the field. That place is going to be rocking in Seattle for I, their first home game I'm with sad fans for you guys. with the 12th man in 18 I'm months. I'm sad
0: for you guys that you won't be there because they have insanely good press box coffee that I won't partake oh, in. Oh, I'm sure. But that you guys would absolutely Big coffee town.
2: Big coffee town.
3: Also, I hear that I don't think how awesome for the Seahawks. I think how far has McLemore fallen that he's playing pregame for a Seahawks Well, he's a kid? huge
2: Seahawks fan. He's, a, he's from Seattle.
3: Yeah, I knew that, but still, that seems like a drop-off for McLemore. Playing a pregame of an uh, NFL game.
0: I mean... Stuff like that's becoming more and more common. Yes.
3: Yeah, maybe not. In the I
2: don't think it's a drop-off for, for, for them. And I mean,
3: didn't Outcast play at MTSU Stadium back in the day? Uh, yeah, Big but not, Boy. Not, pre- not, not pre- yeah. outkast. Big,
2: Big Boy was on stage for about four and a half songs. Right. And then lightning struck. Not the mascot, but the actual storm. And... Um, he, he was, was done. He was guaranteed. His night was done. It w- if it, he took the stage. He, he got was his money? guaranteed uh, eighty thousand dollars to show, um, and he played about four and a half songs. Where you had Andre three thousand uh, on the track, he was singing along with the track. Um, it was not. It was not good. And um, yeah, the, they were ripped off in a big way. This was not at, game related,
0: though. This was
3: it was Noah's
2: post game. Oh, it, was it, was, it, was, it was a it was. After a, it was after a game, trying to get the stadium packed. And then, if, you, if you're in the stadium, you, you did not have to pay for the concert. So everyone showed the up. Why? They screwed would, it. Then, then Lightning, you had to leave the stadium.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's just the worst <laughs> luck.
2: I know. Well, that's it. That's MTSU for you. Good night,
0: you. Murfreesboro. That's
2: it. <laughs> He's on his tour bus on his way to Atlanta right after. Oh, man.
1: Back that's to great. the ATL.
2: Yeah, it was rough. Armando Salguero is coming up uh, in about 10 minutes, and we'll preview uh, NFL Week 2. I uh, mentioned earlier that the, the Ravens are being accused of uh, cheap shotting um, the, the uh, Hunter Renfro and the, the Raiders offense. We'll see what comes of that. Urban Meyer says that he is not interested in the USC job. And I, I saw the scrolling Twitter yesterday, all the quotes. I had, no one believes this guy. No one believes Urban Meyer when he says, it's not happening, I'm devoted to Jacksonville. That might be, I'm laughing as I say that. He says he, he's, he's entrenched a tweet. in Jacksonville. They
0: put out a, a graphic yes. on Twitter, the Jaguars, with him saying, yeah, I'm devoted to yeah. Jacksonville. After, after one NFL game. One
2: NFL game. And, and it's, it, to me, like doing that, Expresses yeah, some bigger. interest, yeah, right? just ignore um, He says, so are we saying truth or lie? Do we buy Urban Meyer completely here? When I say, do we buy what he's saying? Do, are we saying with 100% certainty when he says there's no chance he's leaving the Jags for USC? Do you buy that with 100% certainty after one NFL game?
3: Let me start by saying it's fair to uh, s- speculate on the validity of anyone saying they're committed to Jacksonville. And that's in any walk of life. Any Doug Marone anything, was committed. Um, no one should be committed to the city of Jacksonville. <laughs> Whatever profession you have, you should be looking to get out. That, that so I, I would, I would have doubt. And anyway, I laugh when I hear I'm committed to Jacksonville. That's yeah, a terrible because no one's committed to Jacksonville. They want to get the hell out. Um, but he's committed to London. But I think he's telling the truth. I, I don't. <laughs> I think, do too. I don't think he has any interest. But he, no one he, believes him. He could have had the USC job at other times if he really wanted. I, I don't think he's that interested in the in the USC job. I think that he is committed to the money he's making in Jacksonville, and to f- trying to see if his formula in his program works in the NFL. I, I do believe him when he says he's committed to that.
0: I feel really badly for Shad Khan and people I know in that organization that the USC job opens the earliest in the history of jobs opening. <laughs> you know, yeah. after NFL Week One, when they have to answer this question: When, when does when the do, uh, NCAA jobs open? this early I mean it's the earliest firing in the history of of prime well, college. they should have jobs. fired Helton
3: after last yes. year yes that's the problem with all of this that this should not have been they should not have waited so around I
0: feel a little bad for the Jags in that setup sure that he's answering that question after his first game
2: I just think it's I think it's funny that a coach of his stature <laughs> has to answer can't even say I'm not in. He, like he's telling everyone I'm not interested, and yet yeah, everybody's no like, chance. "You know what? No it, chance. You're a liar." Also, <laughs> I, I think this. I mean, that's like, what they're
0: saying. I, I mean, I understand college completely Urban, different than you remember kind of your heart? No. <laughs> But isn't his stock? Isn't his stock when if this year goes as I'm imagining it going sure. to Jaguars, which the first game certainly makes it appear like it's not going to be good. Oh, no, doesn't his stock plummet? Like is um, he still like is USC still like oh my god I gotta have that guy who just went to Jacksonville and completely I mean the guy
2: lost eight games at Ohio State
3: I don't think that, that that guy could not win a single game for four years. He'll be attractive as coach in Jacksonville in college, and yes. he would be highly sought after <laughs> by everyone with a coaching opening. They'd be foolish not to want to hire Urban Meyer. I, I, there's nothing he could do in the end. So, short of some scant, is physical. Short of some like even that. Um, no, I think short of some like Greg Schiano, Tampa, Tampa level scandal of lying about injuries and problems in the locker room, and you know, sort of rumors of unethical things. Or and Petrino players stuff would stop a school from hiring him.
2: But even that gets you a college job.
3: Oh, Petrino. Maybe I mean, not USC. Where did Petrino land? He had a college job. What you think Arkansas cared that he was leaving the nope. Falcons midseason? No. No, no
0: nope. one would care about that. Part no, I it. meant the the subsequent Petrino. Oh. Stuff. Neck brace,
2: yeah. I, girlfriend, I don't, the uh, motorcycle wreck.
0: Motorcycle, dead the
2: girl, trifecta. dead
3: girl, live boy. That we have one of our guests <laughs> well, once said. I didn't know we <laughs> say that scenario. <laughs> I didn't know we no. say no, that. we've on air. we've said it on air because our former <laughs> guests said it all the time on our show, on yeah. air. Yeah, no. I, I look. I, there's. I don't think there's anything on field that Urban Meyer could do from a failing standpoint that would prevent a college from wanting to hire him as their next coach.
0: I root for his failure.
2: Hit us up on Twitter at uh, Outkick360. Most people do. You can also follow us on the YouTube uh, page. You can subscribe on YouTube and join us in the chat. Paul's got that pulled up.
0: And it'll give you a bell.
2: Uh, And you can also see the offers pouring in. For uh, Withrow to do the Gator Chomp in the swamp on Saturday I don't morning, think it's right up to 10K, now though. it's at ten dollars, not ten <laughs> thousand dollars. Um, we'll, multiple. We'll see how. No high one wants we can to see that. me do
3: the chomp, and I, I don't want to see myself do the chomp. I so want to see to see issue. you do the chomp. So as don't say no concerned. one
0: wants to see it. There's a th- there's a lot of That's for understatement for
3: my price of ten thousand dollars to do literally anything. There's a lot of other things people would like to see me do for ten grand. That's not a Gator Chomp.
0: Well, I'll agree with
3: that.
2: Armando Salguero is coming up. Uh, Chad, the 360 parlay includes Washington and New York. Are we doing this now? Yeah, we're doing it now. All right, let's do it live. 360 parlay tonight. Jacob, let's flash that parlay. you're You're taking Washington plus the points. No, minus the points. Excuse me. Minus three and a half. Washington football team, minus three and a half. Terry McLaurin with a touchdown at any point in the game. And Daniel Jones, under 236 passing yards, under 236 and a half passing yards. Uh, Chad, when I mentioned the the Giants offensive line in the first segment, you lit up and you, you added this to the parlay. Like
3: a Christmas tree.
2: $5 has a $40 payout. I was like
3: a young child on Christmas morning when I heard about this Billy
2: Price. He, Billy Price is at starting center. at center for, the, for Giants. the Giants tonight. That is not good. It's a
3: pretty simple parlay in that it's totally predicated on the Giants not being any good. That's what I went with here. So I'm going with poor offensive line play
2: leading to a bad night for Daniel and Jones. Heineke doing something special, and
3: then really the the flyer is McLaurin scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the I think it was like plus one seventy five specifically for him. Like those odds, that is a thirty plus dollar payoff for a five dollar bet. I have play.
0: a fantastic Terry McLaurin stat. Tonight is the 32nd NFL game of his career. He will have his tenth starting quarterback change. On average, wow. he's had to gear up wow. to catch passes from a different starting quarterback every three games of his career.
2: It's like Brett Kern having to watch another kicker come through town. Yeah, he's the he's the wide receiver version of Kern here in um, Nashville.
3: Eric, by the way, brings up a good point—one that I thought about with my Daniel Jones under two thirty-six pick passing. Says I'm not taking that because it's too little, and Jones will probably get garbage time to get over two fifty. Um, I'm banking on a very low-scoring game that's never completely out of reach with this. I think the Giants lose, but I think it's close, and I, I hope that it doesn't get out of, out of contact for them.
2: We will preview 2 and 0-1 teams uh, within the divisional matchup tonight on Thursday Night Football, plus look ahead to Week 2 across the NFL slate. Armando Salguero, senior NFL rider at OutKick.com, joins us next on OutKick 360. NFL Week 2 kicks off tonight, Washington and New York. And then we get to the Sunday slate. Welcome back, OutKick 360. Across the OutKick network with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, pleased to be joined by OutKick.com, senior writer for the National Football League, Armando Salguero. Both he and P.K., our selectors for the pro football hall of fame armando hope you're doing well after week one ready to get going across the slate for week two
1: i'm doing great uh, i actually have some outkick swag now nice and so i feel like i'm a real <laughs> part of the team
2: <laughs> we finally got those shirts and uh, hats to you all good there we need to send you some 360 gear while we're at it we'll get on that yeah. for you yeah absolutely <laughs> uh washington and new york tonight uh, where one ends up 0-2, which team could overcome an 0-2 start better than the other, if that's how it goes tonight?
1: By better than the other, that you're setting a low bar right there because neither one of them really are set up to overcome an 0-2 start. I would have to tell you that probably the Washington football team, uh, is better set up to overcome an 0-2 start because they have a good defense. And so if you can, I guess, put some games together on defense and win ugly and, uh, you know, just kind of gut it out, the defense will guide you and they will be able to do that. But either one of these teams that starts out 0-2, uh, I think they they have the same... Situation. Remember last week when we talked about what the sound of Tua Tonga law and Mac Jones would be uh, once the opposing defenses blitz them, and it was something like. Wah! Well,
3: <laughs> that's, that's
1: exactly what the fan base and these two, either of these two teams that go zero two, that's what it's going to sound like if you know if they don't succeed tonight.
2: Well, I, I mentioned earlier, we all agreed, this this New York offensive line against Chase Young and the Washington front, Daniel Jones doesn't have a run game. We don't know what to expect from Saquon Barkley. Um, what are you expecting tonight as they're starting a backup center in Billy Price? We know how bad the the, the New York line has been in the past and how they gave up some pressures last week uh, against Denver. Now they're facing a Washington team that can really get after and pin their ears back. Daniel Jones, who, again, needs Saquon Barkley and doesn't have him fully back yet.
1: For years and years and years that I've covered the NFL, uh, I've always seen teams that have injury on the offensive line handle the injury by taking care of that position. What the... New York Giants are going to do tonight is they're going to move Nick Gates out of the center spot. He was their starting center at the beginning of the year, and they're going to put him at left guard, and they're going to insert Billy Price at center. And when I've always asked offensive line coaches, why is that a bad idea? The answer has almost universally been because – By moving your starter from one spot to the other and replacing him with a backup at the other spot, you're weakening two positions (laughs) instead of one. So what most teams do is they replace the injured guy and roll with the rest of the offensive line intact. The Giants are doing exactly the opposite.
3: (laughs) Uh, Armando, are you are you buying uh, this level of confidence in Taylor Heineke for
1: Washington? I'd buy it more if it was Taylor Heineken. Um <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> honestly, no. I, but you know what? I didn't buy Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> he, he, I didn't. No, he's I, a solid he's a solid guy, and you know, but in 17 years have Never been to the playoffs, never taken a team to the playoffs. And I know that Taylor Heineke is not the same guy that he played for Carolina in 2018. He's a better player, and he's going to have moments of clarity. But overall, over the next 16 games, including tonight, uh, I would say that Washington is in trouble, and I still... There still has to be something that happened between Cam Newton and Ron Rivera way back when that Washington is not interested in Cam Newton. Uh, Or they just don't, you know, think that Cam Newton has anything left in the tank, which obviously would disagree with Bill Belichick up until the moment that he cut him.
0: So the way we're talking about Washington and the way we're talking about the New York Giants is is one of the big reasons that Dallas is is the darling of the division in most people's eyes. But Lael Collins is suspended now and and Demarcus Lawrence has a foot injury that, that's the end of him. He's routinely regarded as the best defender on that team and a defense that's needed uh, revamping. So the Cowboys are hardly running smoothly right now, despite their very good opening day loss. What do you think of Dallas, despite the division's weakness?
1: Right. So they have problems, as you mentioned, Paul, and you 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 nailed it. Um, they have multiple problems. They also have more talent than anyone else in the division, despite those problems. They also have the best quarterback in the division, behind, despite those problems. And yes, they lose Lael Collins. They're gonna get Zach Martin back. Uh, He's gonna be back from from the COVID-19 list. And this is like we're grading on a curve with the NFC East. We're talking about the best of arguably the worst in the NFC. They are the worst division. Um, you know, the Cowboys are the best of the worst and the Cowboys, once they get into the playoffs, their defense is going to get exposed and then that's going to be the end of that. And onward we move. We we might as well finish the division. Jalen hurts
0: Jersey sales have taken off off that one good game. Uh, two weeks from now, will anybody be
1: wearing them? Yeah. Jalen hurts had a great game against the Atlanta Falcons, right? Are the Atlanta Falcons good? (laughs) No, they're not They're bad And they're going to be bad And so tap the brakes, Philadelphia It's, you know, I don't say I don't think that Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback Or will be, uh, you know, a mess or terrible But I'm not sure that he's going to be Versus Atlanta Falcons good The whole rest of the season That's for sure
3: well, one thing's for sure that Raiders-Steelers, much better matchup in 1975 maybe than right now, but it's a pretty good matchup uh, this Sunday. One of these teams, Armando, is going to be 2-0 and after this weekend. One with Pittsburgh, a lot of people coming into the season thinking, maybe this team's a little too old. Maybe this is the year they fall off the cliff. And with the Raiders, we know the pressure for Mike Mayock coming into this season and the big win they get over Baltimore on Monday Night Football what do you think goes down with these two teams on Sunday?
1: Yeah, that was a great game on Monday night. Yes, I thought. I mean, yeah. I was I was thoroughly into it, I, and I love the Manning thing. I thought that was great. I don't know how you guys feel loved about it. that. Loved I loved it. it. We loved yeah, it. Right? Most most football junkies loved it. Um, look, I think the Raiders are a solid team. I don't think they're going to be this great super talented team that's going to roll especially not in the AFC West I think they beat a team that's also got flaws in Baltimore uh you know Baltimore doesn't have a secondary they're down to their like third string guys starting at cornerback and Lamar had a rough game in that he fumbled a couple of times so let's also kind of have perspective about the Raiders. I really like what the Steelers did at Buffalo. That was amazing to me. They were down at halftime. Uh, they didn't panic. They, they they out-physicaled the Buffalo Bills. And there's this. They started six rookies in that game. They played yes. two of them on the offensive line. And Big Ben had to throw in the second half to bring his team back and he was able to do it. So I thought that was a – if that wasn't the most impressive win in the NFL last week, I'd like to know which one was. Maybe Chad, the Saints.
2: Chad, we mentioned – yeah, I agree. Uh, we mentioned yesterday, Chad, uh, the significance of the, the Raiders-Ravens matchup because you even the early season wins and losses against the AFC or conference opponents can come back to mean something tiebreaker-wise. Keep this in mind. Ben Roethlisberger has missed the playoffs five times with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Each time, they've been one game out of the wild card in those scenarios, and each of those seasons, they lost to the Oakland Raiders. Wow. So Steelers-Raiders mean something to Roethlisberger and his teams for playoff positioning.
3: Not just in 1975, like I said. It means something now also. Armando, I'm glad you brought up the Manning cast because I did want to ask you about that. When you watch it, and I think you know we loved it too. We talked a lot about it the day after on, on Tuesday. Is that something you watch and think, I want to see more broadcasts like this that's a secondary option for the traditional football broadcast? Or is this one of those, because it's Peyton and Eli Manning and their chemistry with each other, I'll watch them maybe more often than not with the traditional broadcast on Monday Night Football. But when I'm watching a football game on TV, you still prefer the traditional option.
1: Right, so the Mannings are unique, I think, and I think we can all agree on that. They, they, they have this folksy, as I wrote on OutKick, it was like a calculus class, uh, you know, conducted by two goofballs, and it was great. Uh, we found out, you know, what a burger route is. Did you guys catch that the other day? A burger route, I'd never known it goes in and out. <laughs> huh. uh you know he he they taught us what a um a Gilligan block Gilligan, is
0: yeah.
1: right on because you're on an island yep. <laughs> it's like uh, thank you it was <laughs> it was really great I thought and they were picking you know the defense at the at the snap they were telling you what the other team was in already what you expect and what you're thinking. I don't think it works. Look, Tony Romo's great. Um, you know, there's others who are great. Troy Aikman is good. Trent Dilfer, all those guys. Um, but it's the folksiness I think that that made that really interesting, and and the humor, and you don't get that on you know normal broadcasts from from guys that don't have that kind of chemistry because they're not brothers. So I think this is kind of a one-off.
2: Armando Salguero with us. You can read his work, outkick.com, for for more. How surprising was it to, not, not that the Cardinals went on the road in week one and won, but how they won here in Nashville against this Tennessee Titans team?
1: I'm so glad you asked me about this game because I have, I, I didn't understand this game. Um, you know, I know, first of all, that, Taylor Lewan is taking all of the blame for everything that happened with the six sacks. First of all, he didn't give up six sacks. He gave up three. Second of all, I didn't see anyone chipping. I didn't see anyone helping. Uh, You know, after Chandler Jones gets his second or third sack, if I'm a coaching staff, I'm making sure Chandler Jones doesn't get a fourth and a fifth. And yet we didn't see that. Um, beyond that, the Titans are this, you know, macho, hard-charging, physical team. And we didn't see that as much on Sunday to the point where I guess, Paul, you were there probably. Yep. Tannehill is asked about the passion and, and getting hit in the mouth. And wh- what's the answer and, and how do you respond? And did the, the Titans respond well? And he's like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Really? You're not sure? You're not, you're not sure? Uh, that, that's problematic to me. And one last thing. So the Titans don't run what you might call your you know 2021 NFL offense. They're kind of a little bit of a throwback with the eye back, and we're going to beat the heck out of you, and he's going to rush for 2,000 yards. That's, that's a hard offense to run when you're down, you know, more than a touchdown. It, it's, it's, you got to have a plan B, and I don't know that they do.
0: Yeah, their big problem is their right tackle stinks. Also, so now they're going to have to 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 uh, to cover up for both of them, which is was not in the plan coming into the season. It's got to be in the plan now. I complained about this earlier in the week, Armando. I I want to know what your your feelings about uh, John Gruden. I can't stand his hyperbole, and he called Darren Waller the best player he's ever coached. This from a guy who's coached Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, Derek Brooks, and Charles Woodson. Um, Are you able to separate the way that he talks from the way that he coaches? And how close are those two elements of him to
1: you? So he, you know, he did. He did get that ESPN job for whatever number of years, six or seven years for a reason. Uh, He says things that sound interesting, although they may not necessarily be absolutely 100 percent connected to fact and truth but they sound good, the hyperbole sounds good. And people like me, you hear John Gruden saying, the best I ever coached, and you're running with it, you're loving it. Is it true? No, of course not, it's not true. But (laughs) I'm gonna give him a pass, because it's entertaining. Uh, Now, as far as coaching is concerned, he's a hard guy to work for, he's a hard guy to work with, He's a hard guy on his quarterbacks, but he knows how to coach offensive football. His offensive football teams typically run the ball, typically can throw the ball uh, as a, as a change up type of thing. Uh, And so I, I understand his love for the tight end. You know, they don't have a whole lot of other guys on there that really, you know, blow your socks off it's uh you know rugs okay yeah uh zay jones he caught the winning touchdown pass but okay uh waller had 19 targets and i wouldn't i wouldn't dispute or discount the idea that that's gonna you know a dozen targets a game is gonna be about right for him
2: Armando, the Bills have won five straight over the Dolphins, although those games against Miami have all been close games that I'm referencing. Uh, Here's Miami that went on the road, a nice win against the Patriots in Foxborough. Uh, It sounds very fundamental, but this is a Miami defense, In watching that game back, that is very good at spot tackling. You're not getting many yards after the play against that defense. They blitzed Mac Jones, as you typically would see against rookie quarterbacks, over 45% of all snaps. What's the anticipation for how they'll approach Josh Allen and the Bills this week?
1: Well, first of all, you're probably, when you get off air, you're going to get a call from Brian Flores, who will want to come and hug you. Because when you said that um, they've been close games, I I guess, you know, you forgot the 30-point blowout at the end of last year.
2: (laughs) Oh, well, hang on. I've seen, uh, I saw a stat this morning that says that Miami has covered in five straight games against Buffalo. I guess that's not correct, clearly. Unless the spread was 31.
1: (laughs) That's that's possible. (laughs) That's absolutely possible. Uh, you know, I, I think it was something like fifty-one to twenty-one or something like that. Um, like how and with the, by the, the first half's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the Bills played, you know, backups in the second half. It was the last game of the season. Um, as far as what the Dolphins would have to do against Josh Allen. I don't think it's going to be anywhere close or near to the kind of game plan they had last week against Mac Jones. You know, Mac Jones is a guy you can take advantage of, and he is more or less a a stable target. Josh Allen is a deer, and he runs like a deer, and he, you know, he jumps like a deer. He's a deer, Uh, and he can get out of the pocket, and he has hurt the Dolphins, and he hurts teams getting out of the pocket. Also, uh, he's very good against the Blitz. So so those two things tell me it's going to be a completely different game plan. Josh Allen has had the Dolphins number. Uh, as, as you know, I'm sure people would argue he's had a lot of teams numbers. Uh, he's definitely, he was good against the Dolphins as a rookie when he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. What
0: kind of response do you expect from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Uh, 49ers, tough opponent, but rare uh, for Rodgers to to have uh, a horrible game and not rebound.
1: You're right. And I expect a rebound. I don't know that they'll win. Look, the, the Green Bay Packers, I think, have a, a problem beyond Aaron Rodgers. And and I know everybody looks at Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and their little, you know, back and forth, and the the GM, Gutenkunst, and all those people. I would say to you that it's as fundamental as the Green Bay offensive line isn't good. And Aaron Rodgers loves to be able to trust his offensive line. Uh, the Saints exposed them in that regard, and... I don't know what the what the solution is for Aaron Rodgers in that regard, because um, they didn't sign anybody this week to play offensive line, to start at center, to be your new left tackle. It's the same guys. And can the Green Bay Packers get a better result against arguably one of the best defensive lines in the NFL?
2: Armando, final thing for you. You mentioned the Saints, uh, we'll tie in the Packers with their win over the Packers. I'm not asking about the to perfor- the performance of Jameis Winston. We have seen a five-touchdown performance from him in the past. Are you buying the transformation of Jameis Winston, the guy pre- and post-game interview where he seems completely different with his approach to the game with Sean Payton this year as opposed to years past where it was very sporadic and errant and he's eating W's. He's not doing that anymore. He's very composed uh, and very direct and, and quite frankly thoughtful with uh, how he approached post game the other day with Tom Rinaldi. I'm not sure if you saw that interview, uh, but yes. he, he's talking about everything Sean Payton set him up for in that game, a game they won 38-3.
1: to Right. Um, I think that... Part of that is the culture is different that he's in now and he's fitting into the culture. Part of it is he's been humbled. Part of it is he's not 22 years old anymore and he's matured a little bit. And part of it is that is a veteran team mm-hmm. and he is around veteran players who have a proper perspective on which way to go. All those things together, uh, that <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, Jameis Winston seems, I wouldn't say his personality is different, but his demeanor is different. And that's a good thing. You can
2: follow him on Twitter, Armando Salguero, and read his work at OutKick.com. He'll be covering Bills and Dolphins as well as the entire league, uh, previewing upcoming week two and much, much more at OutKick.com. Armando, great having you on weekly each Thursday with us. We appreciate it. We will catch up next week after what we hope is a great week two, just like we saw in week one.
1: I won't call you men this week. I'll call you gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. gentlemen. All All right. looking, looking good,
2: Armando. We like Thank men, you, sir. sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Armando Salguero. Did he... he uh, see, I was in Knoxville yeah, last week. he
0: called week. us men, and then I referred Which is to what the Spurrier. Sp- I referred <laughs> to the Spurrier. Immediately had flashback. He said, men?
2: Straight ahead, we continue to look ahead across the NFL slate on Outkick 360. <laughs> Will Week 2 across the NFL be similar to Week 1 offensively? If it is... That could mean more tries on fourth down. Welcome back to OutKick 360 across the OutKick Network. Paul, we saw a lot of fourth down conversions, a lot of
0: attempts in week one. Analytics are winning, boys. This per Yahoo, NFL teams went for fourth down conversions 51 times uh, in week one, the highest single week total in modern league history, up from 37 last year. 26 in 2019 and 22 in 18, so very steady increase. In 2018 in week one, teams went for it on fourth down eight times before the fourth quarter. This year, 33 times before the fourth quarter. Are we seeing the same um, fourth down rate in college? They said, they said in this, anecdotally, it felt the same. They didn't have the, the numbers. But that they felt oh, the same more to we choose know, from there, too. We so. know, I, I would wonder this, and I'll ask you guys. We know a lot of stuff that used to always be trickled down from the NFL. A lot of things have turned into trickle up from college in terms of quarterback play, RPOs, all of that kind of stuff. I wonder, and you guys know college way better than I do, analytically, is it trickled down? Has the NFL taken that on and, and has it trickled down in terms of fourth downs and some of these? It's, it's decisions? Tough to know uh, it's tough to know the chicken
3: and the egg with that, because college has been doing it for a while. They all have analytics departments at the, at the biggest program, so I don't know who was first on that one, to be honest with you, Paul, because it kind of seems like it all happened around the same time. When analytics came around, it, it was used by you know, both the NFL and college. The fourth down thing, I think that just goes to show a level of confidence in offenses as opposed to defenses across football. And that the the, the confidence and the rules seem to side with the offense more than the defense, so you're going to stress the advantage more often and go for it on fourth and
0: down. And the number one area you see it is punting from just across midfield, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're in fourth and relatively short. We're
2: still seeing craziness though. And you're at the
0: though. 45. The Panthers to punted, punted.
2: The Panthers punted this this past week. I believe they were around their 35 or the opponent's 35, and yeah, they punted. Insane. But they didn't allow, allow uh, so Ryan Stenhouse You're
0: just out of field goal range, and you're uh, you know if you touch back, if you touch that back, it should have been 52 attempts, right? If you touch that back. Yeah, you're gaining 15 yards. Right, Uh,
2: and and just because you're attempting the fourth down doesn't mean that it's a great decision or a play call. The Bills, you see the fourth down attempt instead of just going for the quarterback sneak or loading up and going heavy, they threw a lateral back five Mm -hmm. yards. A a bullet pass? No, it didn't go out of bounds. It was the the
3: it was going to be a double pass, I
2: think maybe. Uh, it was a weird looking play. It was play. something crazy, and he they were dropped immediately. Back. The yeah, Steelers dropped them. I mean, they were yeah. there.
0: So the analytics judge it based on whether it's a good decision to go for it or not. They judge it before you see what the team does on it, not after we say, well, that was a really stupid play call, so they shouldn't have gone for it. And that's the way they should judge it. Is, is the right thing to do to go for it here? No matter what play you call, you don't go and say, well, it turns out it was a really bad decision because you called a really stupid
3: play. Right, Paul, I'm glad you brought up these fourth down statistics because it made me think about something I've wanted to bring up to you guys all week. Kevin Kelly, who Hutton, I believe you've called one of his games when he was yeah,
2: at Pulaski Art. Academy Yes, oh, guy's terrific. What's he doing now? He's at Presbyterian. He
3: is at Presbyterian. The Blue Hose. The Blue Hose. They won 84-43 to 43 against <laughs> St. Andrews. In their first game, they beat Fort Lauderdale sixty-eight to three in week two. Now, I don't know anything about these opponents. I'm sure they're terrible. I don't know how good Presbyterian is. But either. He's doing the same. They stuff. They play at Dayton this uh, uh, this weekend. Okay. Next weekend, it looks like they play at Campbell this weekend. At Dayton next weekend. Oh, the Camels. schedule gets a little Dayton's bit tough. legit. Who's gonna be the first struggling?
0: power five or fbs level program to
3: hire this guy oh, i want experiment? to see it
0: i mean the same way you used to talk about what what we all wanted at vanderbilt where you go uh you light know, bulb moment, cra- crazy and and play you know uh uh, uh, uh rpo well crazy thing that's impossible do that to Vandy. prepare for
2: you have to have players to pull this off he can he can he can do this at this level he can't do this against the SEC opponents
3: I wonder though if you go to um you know I, I'm just wait,
2: uh, wait, I'm, he could do this at a upper uh, middle middle class SEC school he couldn't do it at Vanderbilt okay well
3: let me give you another one how about Washington State if he's in a Pac-12 North and he got decent players uh, not with Jared
2: Garantano no
3: could he pull it off well not yeah well he's got take Jared Garantano up. my, my out point of, is, this is a
2: great response but take I mean, Jared Garantano out of the equation yeah, I mean. You I, could do it this at, this Ivy league or is, at League bigger Patriot League school. I'm not, no saying,
3: problem. I'm not saying drop him in a current job with current roster. I'm saying give him three to five years oh, to recruit his you, players to a bad saying. Power 5 right, job right. and just be totally different than everyone else. See if you can get a few better players than other programs and what would the effect be. I would
0: just love to watch oh, I it. would
3: too. I'm not going to sit here and say definitively how it would turn out. But wouldn't it be, be fun to see how it unfolded?
0: Four or five hours for how long these games Goodness. are running now? Uh, it would and be And for those that don't too. know,
2: he he is uh, he's the high school coach from from um, Arkansas from Arkansas. Yes, thank you. Never punts. Uh, I, I called one of his games a couple years ago. He he never punts. Uh, although. When they throw, sometimes they'll take an interception because it acts like a punt. Like right. the, it, it counts, uh, with yardage wise, it counts as an INT when it's he throws. Got to be smart enough to
3: bat those away right. <laughs> yeah. the team. The so, teams are reluctant um, to do
2: that, though. You know, and he'll do it on third down and long, knowing that he's not going to punt on fourth, right? Um, my, my point is, he, he goes for onside kicks. Every, and, t- every time. And they're not uh, onside kick or a short kickoff, right? But he's made it work. And now he's trying it at a very low level collegiate job i think he'll Can he continue to, to climb the ranks I, that's a great point chad i'm glad you brought this I, up today. i'd love to see it coming up the tennessee power hour we talk titans football and taylor lawan discussing his poor performance in week one against chandler jones what did he have to say and what is aj brown talking about needing
0: praise all of a sudden peace that's and next. love peace and love